You're listening to The Real Enneagram Podcast, a spiritual quest brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Well, hello. Welcome back to The Real Enneagram. A spiritual quest. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Lark Howell with the Institute for Conscious Being, and I'm here today with our Dr. Joe Howell. Hi, Joe. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for asking me. <laughs> You're my favorite guest on my podcast. <laughs> and also here with Joe and me is Nanette Moodyum. Hi, Nanette. So nice to be here with you again. Thank you. Nanette is a good friend of ours. And last the last week, we had Nanette and Cy. And today we have Nanette. And we were talking about the shadow as related to the Enneagram. And today we're going to talk about the trickster. And how that can help us or get us into trouble. <laughs> and so, Joe, why don't you start us off by explaining a little bit about that? Yes. Well, of course, to recap, the shadow is the parts of ourselves that we are not in touch with, that we don't consciously know. And those could be negative things. And they could be very, very positive things. But we're just not conscious of them. And part of becoming conscious is to know all of the parts of ourselves and what those intentions are. Well, it ends up all being positive in the long run because as we voyage toward our soul and into our depths, and into understanding our own conscious selves as our soul. And we come across the shadow. The soul exposes that shadow to us, the positive and the negative. Mm -hmm. Well, the positive is a foregone conclusion. We're happy to know that. If you discover that your shadow has been hiding that you were a concert pianist (laughs) and suddenly you tickle the ivories and you can't stop and it becomes not just a passing interest but an avid skill and talent, Mm -hmm. then you've really got some treasure. Now, when it comes to the negative, we all know that when we're with somebody and that person sort of irritates us, that's a very good sign that they are manifesting or activating part of our own shadow that we don't like to think that we have. Mm -hmm. And when we see it in somebody else, we say to ourselves, how dare they Mm -hmm. be so blatant about that? You know, Mm -hmm. that's awful. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that in them. And we hesitate to think, wow, that's in us. But on the ride to the soul, as Lark likes to say, flowing upstream like the salmon, going against the arrow, when we are coming to our true selves, we have to know what negative is in us. Mm -hmm. This is what the soul is burning away through the life of the ego. And we can say a whole lot more about that later, but negative aspects of ourselves are begging to be expressed 
just as much as the positive aspects. But the negatives of ourselves pretty much have it wrong. They don't know how to manifest in loving, mm-hmm. soulful ways. Mm-hmm. They are archaic structures within us. They are not fully developed yet, even though they are parts of our soul, and they must be understood. And one of the ways that this is done is to talk to the parts of our shadow mm-hmm. and find out what it is trying to express mm-hmm. and then enable it to express it in our lives in a socially and spiritually appropriate way. Mm-hmm. We can say a whole lot more about all that, but the soul wants us to know these negative parts of ourselves. Why? It, because it's part of the soul. Yeah. And there's a structure within the soul, and also it is part of the ego too. It's shared, called the trickster. And it is the part of the negative shadow that is manifested in us by our really sabotaging ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't know why we sabotaged ourselves. We don't know why we brought our most embarrassing thing to light. (laughs) One example of a small trickster is to make a misjudgment of speech. Some people call that a Freudian slip, Mm -hmm. where you may say something maybe to someone else that isn't very flattering to them, but you didn't mean that, it just came out that way. But that was your psyche really exposing how the truth of your true nature and your true being. It gets much more complicated. One can maybe sabotage themselves financially, sabotage themselves in a group, It is the exposure of one's embarrassing shadow qualities. Mm -hmm. So, Nanette, what are your thoughts about what I've said? Mm -hmm. Since you are a graduate of the Institute for Conscious Being and now in the Deepening Roots program, in line with the ego, the soul, and the trickster. Yes. Well, I mean, looking back on it, it is absolutely the trickster that brought me to the Institute for Conscious Mm -hmm. Being. So, yeah, I I think, well, first, I think it is important to say that I know it experientially, that it is embarrassing. You know, no one wants to have a Freudian slip. These are not things you feel your ego feels good about, you know, but in the end, it is so encouraging to know that the soul is really helping you to get where you need to go. And so back in 2017, I was really, really struggling. I have a a family that works in a business together. So there's a lot of, there's, it, it gets complicated when you have a already kind of a fragile family situation because of divorce and and different decisions people have made along the way and steps and halves and you know and then you have a business together then you have money together right and so um, I, I always think that money makes you more of who you really are so you know you have this exaggerated ego in in many of us <laughs> including myself and so. 
we were having some some real struggles in our family and in our business. And actually, they weren't actually about me. They were about one of my siblings. And so I came home from a beautiful 25th anniversary trip with my husband and was a bit jet lagged and got called to a meeting, a meeting that was honestly very similar to a meeting I had just gone to six months prior, which I had in that meeting had managed to really contain myself. In fact, in the middle of the meeting, I got up and said to the trickster in the bathroom, you're going to keep it together. You're going to be quiet. You're not going to say anything. And you're going to walk away from this meeting unscathed. And that's exactly what I did. I, you know, and I am a type nine, so I don't like conflict. So that is my MO, like just, you know, stuff your feelings, stuff it. You might be mad, but keep that to yourself. And so I thought that was... That was my my plan for meeting number two. And somehow, maybe the combination of the jet lag, part of the meeting ended up being far more focused on me than I had anticipated. And someone in the meeting just triggered me. And I remember Sai was sitting next to me and continued to sit as I took a standing position to state my case. <laughs> when everyone's sitting at a meeting and suddenly you feel the need to stand, and I, I can see it in my mind's eye, kind of like a rolling train wreck now. It was just disastrous. And I remember Sai looking at me and saying like, no, honey, you, you don't want to do this. And I was like, it's too late now. I, you know, like the top's off. I, I can't be quiet any longer. And so I really feel like years of pent up emotion came out in a nonsensical, non-logical way. I can't say that anything good came out of it in the immediacy, except that even fairly soon after we walked away from that train wreck, we realized that there had been a long divide in this family. There was a really Mm -hmm. your side and our side. And Mm -hmm. we always tried to stuff that. And instead, it was kind of like the truth was finally out. That's how you really Mm -hmm. feel. And that's how I really Mm -hmm. feel. And there is not a meeting point. And you know what? You can't reconcile something unless you first acknowledge it's split to begin with. And so... Because of that, that's how I first came to you. I came to you to talk that out with you, Dr. Joe. And, you know, it's just so amazing. One of the days I walked into your office, there was a a little flyer for your next upcoming conference. And I noticed it because I had a friend who used to talk to me about the Enneagram. And I thought, well, that's only two weeks away, but that's very interesting. And, um, It just was a little seed. And when we finished our session that day, you said to me, have a conference in two weeks. And, you know, it's we still have a few spots open. It would be really good. And so I called my husband, Cy, and said, you know, I think I'm going to go to this conference. And Cy at that time would say he didn't even know how to say Enneagram, much less what his number was. And, you know, all of it was was entirely new information to him. And so... We, we came and that, that really changed the course of my life. And I'll, I'll say, like about a year later, I was um, running an errand at a time of day that I knew that I would see a sibling that I was out of relationship with. And normally I would kind of brace myself like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to see him today. And it would just bring up this pain and hurt of this past. And I did see him that morning, but suddenly, all of a sudden, I realized, like, everything has come to this good place in my life. 
all of this, what I'm learning, what I'm discovering about myself, not about my family, but about me happened because of that terrible day. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I just could say thank you for it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm happy to report four years later, there's a lot of reconciliation. The truth is, some of it is never going to change. But what I realize is what the trickster helped me do is realize what I needed to change, what I had the power to change, what I could change, and not even change what I could discover about myself, that the soul had answers for me that could heal me, that you, you don't have to keep stuffing it. You can actually just feel the emotion and actually begin to heal. And I was thinking about this, you know, Jesus instructs us to love our enemy. And sometimes what we find is the greatest enemy is in ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. to love this not so good part of me, this jealousy, anger, rage, frustration, all of these things could be loved by me and accepted to say, why do I feel this way? Why, why do these people who I love more than anyone trigger me in this way? What is it that has long since been hurt about me that can be healed? So that maybe the situation doesn't change, but the way I approach it can change. And so, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful for what happened that day. And I think that as many of us do the work of consciousness, of bringing awareness to our negatives, we can begin to love ourselves and also be grateful even for the deep traumas that have happened in our life because they opened us up to greater levels of healing, mm-hmm. not even just for ourselves, but then to be able to offer that to other people and have mm-hmm. empathy. And mm-hmm. so it is embarrassing the things that we've all done. I mean, it doesn't feel pleasant to say, I lost my mind and use lots of words not acceptable in social circles. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure I, I have left a searing impact in, in my family's mind, you know, because nines, we're really good at stuffing it. But when we finally lose it, oh, it's on. <laughs> you know, like, you know, my, my, my kids always grew up saying that, you know, Mama has a no and she has a hell no. And if you push her to the hell no part, <laughs> you know, there's no one more stubborn than nines on, 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 on the Enneagram. You know, to let my own stubbornness go and to begin to heal has just been an extraordinary gift. And, and one that I can give the trickster credit for. Yeah. So thank you, yeah. soul, for giving me what I did not mm-hmm. want that day, mm-hmm. what I didn't think I wanted. Yeah. But and the I really light of did. consciousness gave you the answer of what the trickster was trying to get out there on the table. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And isn't it interesting when you even consciously say, I'm going to control my emotions. I'm going to control mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I've done the same thing with, with family members mm-hmm. when I've made a conscious decision to not say anything uh-huh. or to respond in a negative or angry way, mm-hmm. particularly about perhaps politics. Uh-huh. And you know you're not going to. And then all at once... Something just happens and you just, it pushes your buttons and you just have to say it, Yes, you know, and then afterwards you go, shoot, why did I do that? You know, I knew better, but uh, there was something in me that just said, you know, I can't stand this anymore. I have to say what I think and how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. 
you know. And what what is it that drives us to think that we have to mm-hmm. say how we think and feel? Maybe in families we do have this idea that we should be totally loved and accepted yeah. for who we are, but the truth is is that if we can't give that to ourselves, we certainly can't give it to other people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we're learning how to be relational, to be better I think I said this before I was recently with with some of those same family members and having you know, they were talking about things that would normally trigger all my buttons and instead I really didn't have to keep down the emotion mm-hmm. what I thought was this is who they are can I love them exactly who they are yeah. and can I recognize that and also to separate that that is a lot of their own ego and maybe their own mm-hmm. tricksters and and can I say can I say, but their souls are perfect because our souls really are as messed up as we all are. There is a perfect soul on the Mm -hmm. inside of us. Mm -hmm. And so it was so easy in my mind not to be triggered by them. And just a few years ago, I would have been entirely triggered by that conversation. I would have stopped it. I would have. But this time I didn't. Was that recognition that it's our egos that are being bruised mm-hmm. or that are feeling unloved or it's our egos that are reacting, not our souls. Yes. But when we react from our souls like you did yeah. now more recently, yeah. then you realize the difference. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good place to be. And of course, the thing is, it doesn't happen and then it never happens again. You know, it happens, and then we have to be aware of it every time something like that happens. Mm -hmm. But once you're aware of it, you know what to do, you know, to to put those thoughts on the back burner. It it is amazing how powerful just the simple act of awareness Mm -hmm. is, that when we recognize the dynamic, we can pause, that Mm -hmm. we can really find that the soul has the Mm -hmm. answer for us, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm has the peace that we're looking for or the empathy or the compassion, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is huge. Yeah. I love that part that you said when you brought home the fact that the enemies are ourselves many times. Mm -hmm. And if we don't love those parts of ourselves, we are split Mm -hmm. from a part of ourselves that really isn't our enemy. It just wants to be heard. Mm -hmm. And we have put a lid on it. And that's why it, just like a pot on a stove, the lid will pop off if if we don't listen to that part of ourselves Mm -hmm. and understand how it could be expressed. So I loved what you said about what Christ said, love your enemies, which Mm -hmm. includes those parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being here. Well, well, it seems like all the time has gone by fast, but that's such a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that you. with us. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful to look back and say, oh, this trauma actually brought me to something so amazing. And mm-hmm. I am so grateful to be mm-hmm. part of the Institute. So thank you for having me. So we need to all start paying attention to our tricksters inside us and realize that they're, they're there to help us. Yeah instead of pull us down to lift us up. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Nanette. Thank you. Well, thank you, Joe, once again. 
And we thank you all for listening to our Institute for Conscious Being podcast, The Real Enneagram. And we'd love for you to join us again next time. If you would like to know more about our Institute for Conscious Being, please go to www.theicb.org. And you'll find information on our Institute training and all of our ICB conferences. We do have one coming up soon in October, which will be October 7th, 8th, and 9th at Camp McDowell in Nauvoo, Alabama, which will be a little north of Birmingham, Alabama. So check out our website if you're interested in one of our conferences. And uh, follow us also on the ICB Facebook page, the Dr. Joseph Howells Facebook page. And there you can find his uh, daily meditations. So join us again, listen to our podcast, listen to Joe's meditations, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Nanette. Thank you, Joe. That wraps up another episode of The Real Enneagram, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. If you're interested in furthering these conversations, please reach out to us through our Instagram at The Real Enneagram. Or if you're interested in our upcoming trainings or other resources, please visit our website, www.instituteforconsciousbeing.org. Thanks for listening.